Well, this morning, we wanted to put this in your hand uh, because we're going to begin a brand new series today entitled Small Faith. And we wanted you to understand something today. We want you to understand that you already have everything that you need to live the life God's called you to live. You already have everything that you need to live the life that God has called you to have. So let's look at our first point together as we kind of dive in uh, to this new series together. So small faith uh, is a shift. It is a shift in our thinking that moves us from disqualified to qualified. Because small faith qualifies us to live the life that God has for us. So this whole series is really about a shift in our thinking. It's about shifting the way we think, and the biblical word for changing your thinking is repent. When you repent, you change the way you think. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about a specific shift in the area of faith, and we're going to begin to change the way we think about our faith in Christ. And we're going to recognize today that there have really been some significant lies that we have believed when it comes to faith and having enough faith to receive your miracle, to receive your breakthrough, to receive the things that God really has purposed and planned and already promised in his word through his son, Jesus Christ. So we're going to shift our thinking. And what's going to happen as we shift is we're going to move from a place of being disqualified where I can't receive to being qualified to receive every good and every perfect thing that God has for us. I don't know if you've ever bought a house before, uh, but there's this little strenuous process when you're going through the loan process where you're getting qualified for the loan and everybody's wondering, well, how much am I going to be qualified to borrow? Probably more than you want to pay back. The truth is, come on somebody. But here's the realization. There is something powerful about being qualified because the moment you get qualified for that loan, you can walk in confidence that you can buy the house that you want to have. Right, once you know what you've been qualified for, 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, whatever it might be in your situation, the moment you're qualified, you begin to walk in a confidence that says, hey, anything in my price range, I can purchase. And so I can look at any house and I can purchase any house that I want to purchase that fits my qualifications. Well, I'm going to give you some really good news today. You have been qualified by faith to receive everything that God has for you. You have been qualified by faith to receive everything that God has for you. And small faith is about us shifting our thinking to a place where we begin to recognize I'm not disqualified, I am qualified. And if I'm qualified, I can walk in confidence. And if I'm qualified, I can walk in boldness. And if I'm qualified, then I can step into every situation and every circumstance in my life knowing that not only do I have enough, but I've got more than enough to meet the demands and the needs that are going to come again me and I can receive every good thing that God has promised for my life. Anybody up for that today? Come on, somebody. Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 17. The Bible says this starting in verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, speaking of Jesus, kneeling before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he is often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. But Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. 
And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? I'm just going to be really honest with you today. I've had some private conversations with Jesus. <laughs> Lord, why? why? Why did I pray and nothing happened? Why did I speak the word and nothing changed? Lord, why am I believing, declaring, standing, speaking, living the life you've called me to live? And I'm not seeing the results that I know your word promises I'm supposed to see. Amen? You ever had any of those conversations? Lord, why couldn't we cure him? Why couldn't we deliver them? Why couldn't we set them free? I mean, I preached some funerals I should have never preached. And I went to the hospital and walked away with death sentences that did not change because I know in my heart, I want you to hear me today, I know in my heart that the same works that Jesus did, I should be doing. That is the commission of the gospel. Christianity is not about just getting through life successfully. Christianity is not just about you dying and going to heaven one day. Christianity is not just about you obtaining a measure of success where you live a comfortable life and you don't have to worry about the bills. No, Christianity is about you walking in a level of faith where you begin to do what Jesus did and live like Jesus lived and greater works than he did what we do because he goes to the Father. Come on, somebody. That's what Christianity is about. And what we're going to see today and over the next few weeks, that the secret to those things is small faith. Small faith. Look at the next verse, because I love how Jesus answered this question. So Jesus said to them, why could we not cast it out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, come on, somebody shake their faith up this morning. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, and nothing will be impossible for God. He said, nothing will be impossible for who? If you have faith, small faith, mustard seed faith, then you can say to any mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it will obey you, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now look at that next point on your outline, because I love this scripture, because this is what Jesus says. Jesus didn't say we needed big faith. He didn't say they needed more faith. He just simply said that we needed small faith. Mustard seed faith was enough to move the mountain and nothing would be impossible to us. Why couldn't we cure him? Why couldn't we do, Jesus, what you did? Jesus did not say the problem was that they needed more faith. Jesus did not say that the problem was that they needed big faith. Jesus said the problem was you didn't have any faith. He said, all you need is small faith. Now, let me tell you the lie that we believed. The lie that we have believed in the local church is simply this. Have you ever said or have you ever heard somebody say, if I just had more faith, boy, if I just had more faith, the breakthrough would have come. If I just had more faith, I believe provision would have come. If I just had more faith, they would have been healed. I would have been healed. If I just had more faith, things would have turned out different. Jesus did not say they needed more faith. Jesus said you just need small faith. You just need a mustard seed of faith. Do you know why we gave you mustard packets instead of mustard seeds? Because you couldn't keep up with a mustard seed. 
We'd be vacuuming up out of the carpet all week long because they're so small, right? You couldn't keep it. It's so small, mustard seed, the smallest little bitty seed that you can imagine. Jesus said that's all you need. You don't need big faith. You don't need more faith. You just need mustard seed faith. You need small faith. And here's the realization. This is what has happened. We have moved from a place of faith in God to where we have faith in faith. When you say, I need more faith, what you're saying is that you have faith in your faith. It's the size of your faith that gives you confidence instead of the size of your God. Jesus told the disciples, have faith in God, right? Have faith in God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, they that come to God must believe that he is because without faith it's impossible to please God. And he is a rewarder, the Bible says, of those who seek him. We have to come to God. It is mustard seed faith. It is small faith in a big God that changes the circumstances, the mountains, and the impossibilities in our life. It's not faith in faith. And I'm just going to tell you, there has been a lot. I mean, for 30, 40 years, there's been some amazing faith teaching, and I love it. I'm just going to tell you, I love to hear people preach and teach on faith. But there's one of the challenges in, in the consistency of faith teaching is that if you don't take that faith teaching back to its source, which is faith is not in faith, faith is in God. We somehow start to believe that I need more faith. I need bigger faith. I need greater faith. If I just had more faith, I could do the things God has called me to do. No, 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 no. Let's change our thing. Let's repent. Let's shift the way we think. We don't need more faith. We don't need bigger faith. We just need small faith. Look at that next point. I want you to see this today. God has already, y'all say already. God has already given us enough faith to move every mountain in our lives. He has already given us enough faith to move every mountain in our lives. And the proof is in salvation. If we have enough faith to be saved, then we have enough faith. Think about that for a second. If we have enough faith to be saved, then we have enough faith. If you're sitting here today and you've been born again, Have you ever considered, let let me just say it like this. How many of you would agree with me today that the greatest miracle that can ever happen in in a person's life is the miracle of salvation and transformation that happens when somebody gets born again? Amen? Anybody agree with me today? The greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation and transformation. As a matter of fact, every other miracle pales in comparison. Have you ever considered what happens when a person gets born again? They go from being damned to a devil's hell to eternity in heaven with God. They go from being in the bondage. The Bible says you're translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You go from being blind where you can't see to having eyes where you can see. Your ears are open where you can hear the voice of God. Your heart is made alive. You go from being dead in sin and a slave to sin becoming a son or a daughter of the Most High God? All that happens when you get born again. And every other miracle, think about it. Healing of your body, healing from cancer, even raising the dead. Every other miracle, hear me, every other miracle pales in comparison to salvation, transformation that comes from being born again. Because every other miracle is temporal. But that miracle is eternal. How I many you know when you get born again, you're going to spend forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever in heaven? 
You get healed of cancer, you're still going to die. You get raised from the dead, you're still going to die. You have a leg grow back, an arm grow back, an ear grow back, you're still going to die. But if you get born again, you'll never die. So here's the realization. If you have enough faith to get saved, if you have enough faith to experience the greatest miracle, then how dare we say we don't have enough faith to experience temporal miracles? Small faith is all we need because you have enough faith. God has already given you enough faith to move every mountain. And the proof is your salvation. The fact that you're here today and you're not who you used to be. Can anybody say I'm not who I used to be? Any testimonies in the house today? I've been transformed. I've been delivered. I've been set free. I've been made whole. I've been delivered. I've been changed by the power of God. You're not who you used to be. And if you've got enough faith to experience salvation, you've got enough faith to move every mountain in your life. Listen to what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Galatians 3.26 says, For you are all sons, and you can add daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, declared just as if you never sinned, you have been justified, made right with God. Look what it says. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by faith. 2 Peter 3.9, I love this verse. For the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Listen to this last part. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let me, let me rephrase that so you understand it. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all people should come to salvation. God is not willing that any should perish. John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the what? That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever whosoever would believe in him would not perish. The book of Titus chapter 2 says the grace of God that brings salvation has been revealed to all men. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God is not willing that any should perish. So I want you to think about this. I know that you have enough faith today. I know you have enough faith to move every mountain. I know you have enough faith to receive every good thing that God has for you because God is not willing, the Bible says, for anyone to perish. So think about it. If it's God's will that everybody be saved, even though we understand not everybody is saved, right? People reject the saving grace of Jesus Christ. What a tragedy that is that people would turn their back on the gift of God through his son, Jesus Christ. We understand everybody is not saved, but we also understand it is the will or desire of God for all men to be saved. So if God desires you to be saved, then God has to give you the faith to experience salvation. Amen? So look what Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says. It says, For I, for I say, though through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has dealt to each man, each woman, each person, each boy, each girl, a measure of faith. It is the will of God that every man be saved. And guess what? In order for you to accept salvation, the Bible says there's only one way to be saved, right? You're saved by grace through what? Faith in Jesus Christ. We become sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We are justified in the eyes of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So guess what God did? God says, I want you to be saved. I sent my son to pay the penalty and the price for your salvation, and I'm going to give you a measure of faith so that every person on planet Earth has enough small faith to accept the saving grace of Jesus Christ.
God has given every man, every woman, every person enough faith, the measure of faith, a measure of faith to believe in the gift of God, to believe in the grace of God, to believe in the sacrifice of God's Son. And if God has given you enough faith to believe and be saved, then you have enough faith to move every mountain, to receive every miracle, and to walk in all that God has for you. Because the proof that you have faith is in your salvation. And the devil has lied to you. The devil's lied to you. Because you know you're saved, but you don't believe you have enough faith to be healed. You know you're saved, but you don't believe you have enough faith to prosper. You know you're saved, but you don't believe you, you, don't believe you have enough faith to really get free of the thing that's been holding you back. But I want to tell you something today. If you've been born again, you got enough faith. You've got enough faith. And guess what? If you hadn't been born in it, again, God has still given you a measure of faith. So you can be, amen? And you can not only receive the greatest miracle, but you can begin to walk in the impossible that God has for you. Because what you need is not more faith. You just need small faith. Come on, somebody. Look at that next point. So small faith is the key that opens every door and moves every mountain. When you read the Bible, you will find out that everything that you receive in the kingdom of God comes by faith. Salvation comes by faith. Healing comes by faith. Deliverance comes by faith. Prosperity comes by faith. Everything that you receive in the kingdom of God comes by faith. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of faith. It moves by belief. All we have to do, I want you to hear this, all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is believe. Do you remember when you got saved? Anybody remember when you got saved? That was kind of weak besides Miss Terry. Anybody else remember? Come on, somebody. Remember when you got saved? Come on. Well, do you remember when you got saved? All of a sudden, you heard the gospel of salvation. You came under conviction, and you realized, right? You came to a place of realization where you realized you were a sinner. Jesus was the Savior. There was no hope apart from him. And you believed, you believed that if by faith you would trust in him, he would save you, forgive you, and give you eternal life in a place called heaven that you've never seen or been to. But you believed it. And when you believed it, you probably did something crazy like pray to prayer. <laughs> I mean, I, I love some of the salvation prayers. I mean, I've seen people get saved, delivered, and set free from, 20, from a lifetime of sin and addiction and strongholds by praying this real powerful prayer. God, if you're real, help me. Everything in the kingdom of God comes by small faith. Everything in the kingdom of God comes by small faith. Everything in the kingdom of God comes by small faith. And all you have to do is believe. Now let's qualify that for just a second. Look at that last part. So when your behavior matches your belief, you are operating in faith. When your behavior matches your belief, you're operating in faith. Why is that important? It's important because you can go through religious ritual and not have heart, but faith in your heart toward God. You can have faith in faith. You can have faith in people. But it's only when you put your faith in God that something really happens. Amen? 
It's when you put your faith in God that miracles happen. It's when you put your faith in God that souls are saved and lives are changed. It's when you put your faith in God that the supernatural becomes natural and the impossible becomes possible. So it's not just about behavior. See, we we don't behave. See, we, we have this crazy thing. You ever heard the little saying, let's just fake it till we make it? And I understand that. I understand there's some elements where you just press through and you're just going to keep doing the right thing until the right thing begins to happen. And I'm all good and I'm all game with that. But here's a challenge. Here's a challenge with that little bit of thinking. Sometimes we think that it is the behavior that will produce the belief. And behavior without belief won't produce works, won't produce fruit. But if I believe and I allow my belief to dictate my behavior, it releases faith. When I allow what I believe to dictate my behavior, it releases faith. How do I know I'm in faith when what I believe and how I behave come together? So it's not a belief with no, no action, and it's not a behavior with no faith. It's the combination of the two. Look what the Bible says in James chapter 2. It says, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? And you see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete, brought to maturity by what he did. His faith and his actions, his faith and his works came together. When what he believed and how he behaved matched, all of a sudden it released faith, and it was faith that was made complete by the combination of those two things. Let's look in Mark chapter 5. I want you to see this. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. The Bible says a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. What I love about this story is here's a picture of, I believe, many of us in this room and many people watching online today. Physically and financially, you've done everything you know to do. You ever been there? You ever physically and financially did everything you knew to do, and instead of getting better, you got worse? Physically, you're doing all the right things. Financially, you're doing all the right things. You're pouring all this money. You're pouring all this time. You're pouring all this effort. And the world says, well, just try a little harder, right? And even in the church, we'll say, well, just keep trying. Try a little harder. Just try. You read your Bible a little bit more. Pray just a little bit longer. Read your Bible just a little bit more. And pray just a little bit longer. And read your Bible just a little bit more. And pray just a little bit longer. And everything will work out. I want to tell you something. You can read your Bible and pray till you can't read your Bible and pray. And until you have faith, nothing happens. But when you believe, small faith, not big faith, not more faith, just a mustard seed of faith. The same faith that you had to get saved is the same faith that you can now receive every good thing that God has for you. You are qualified. And just like you are, when you're qualified for that loan, you can look at that $200,000 home and you know you've been qualified. You can walk into that house and you can walk through there like you're going to own it one day because it's yours. And when you are in faith, guess what you can do? You recognize that your small faith has qualified you to receive everything that God has for you. You can read the Bible, and the Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can read about his healing and his deliverance and his salvation and his provision, and you can say, that's mine. Come on, somebody. That is mine. Shake up your faith. And she had done all she knew to do. Look at this. 
Verse 27. And she had heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me tell you why it's important that you go to church. Let me tell you why it's important that you're connected to a church that preaches the whole counsel of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you're not in a church that's not preaching healing and deliverance and breakthrough and salvation and transformation and provision and prosperity, if you're not in a church that says everything that Jesus did you can do, you're in the wrong church. And it's tragic because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I've met people who went to church for 20 years and after 20 years of faithfully going to church, finally got saved in another church because I've had, literally I've had people tell me this. I went to church for 20 years and I never heard that I needed to be born again. I went to church for 20 years and I never knew that I needed to be saved. I went to church for 20 years and I never really heard the conviction and truth of the scripture that says without Christ I'm going to hell and they go to another church one Sunday and one Sunday they hear the gospel and one Sunday faith comes by hearing and all of a sudden they had faith but there was no word to stir it up she heard she heard that Jesus healed she heard that Jesus delivered she heard that Jesus could change everything that was happening in her life she heard and she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe look at verse 28 for she thought to herself here's her faith if I can just touch his robe I will be healed just small faith I don't need Jesus to stop and give me a word I don't need him to call my name out of, the, out of the entire audience and say, thus saith the Lord, you're healed. She said, no, all I got to do is just touch the hem of his garment. If I can just touch him. See, she had heard, she believed. And when her belief and her behavior matched, what did she believe? She believed if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she'd be healed. And when her belief matched her behavior, guess what happened? Verse 29. And immediately... The bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. I want to tell you something. I'm so glad we serve an immediate God. And I understand, let me just say something, I understand there's a process, and I understand that sanctification is a process of becoming more and more like Jesus. And I understand God will work progressively and in a path and a process to financially prosperous and relationally prosperous. I understand all that, but I'm so glad we serve the God of the immediately and the suddenly, that immediately you can be healed, and suddenly you can be delivered. And in a moment, a twinkle of an eye, God can do in a moment what you can never do in a lifetime, because He is a supernatural God and immediately she was healed and she felt I love that she could feel in her body that she had been healed how many know you can feel God she felt it verse 30 and Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him so he turned around the crowd and asked who touched my robe and his disciples said, Lord, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who it was. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your 
faith. Come on, somebody, shake your faith at me this morning. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Come on, somebody. Your suffering is over. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed hour. This is your day. Come on, somebody. This is your day for your miracle, for your healing, for your deliverance, for your suffering to be over. Because of small faith. Look at that last point. I want you to see this. Small faith is the difference between touching Jesus and receiving from Jesus everything that you need. Everybody touched him, but only one received from him. When Jesus said, who touched me, the disciples looked at him and said, Jesus, are you crazy? Everybody's touching you, Jesus. You're the superstar. You're the celebrity. You're the main attraction. Everybody's touching you. Everybody's grabbing you. Everybody wants to wants your autograph. Everybody is after you. I mean, we got selfies going everywhere with Jesus. But Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. No, who touched me? See, small faith is a difference between just going through religious motion and believing that God is who he says he is. You you, can read read the Bible and pray and go to church and touch Jesus all day long. You can caress him. You can brush his hair. You can straighten his robe. You can wash his feet. But until you have faith, you won't receive what he has for you. And here's the good news. You've got enough faith. You're qualified. Small faith qualifies you to receive. It qualifies you to receive what God has for you. Everybody touched him, but small faith helped her receive from him what she needed. Look at that last point of that statement. I love this story. See, we don't need a special word from God, and I put in parentheses permission. We just need small faith. What I love about this story is that uh, this lady got healed without Jesus' permission. Think about it. Read, read the story. She got healed without his permission. When she touched him with small faith, power went out of his body, and Jesus said, who touched me? He didn't know who it was. He didn't know what had happened. He didn't know what had even taken place. And the disciples said, Jesus, everybody's touching you. And the Bible says he kept looking. You know why? Because he didn't know what had happened. All he knew, the power of God had went out of him. All he knew, a miracle had taken place. He didn't know what it was. He didn't know who it was. He didn't know how it had happened. All he knew is that somebody with faith reached out and touched the hem of his garment, and it placed a demand on the power of God in his body, and it went out without his permission. See, you don't need a word from God. He's already spoken. You don't need a special word. See, what happens is we get these things conjured up in our minds. Well, you know what? If, if I go to church tomorrow and Pastor Keith calls me out of the crowd by name, makes me stand up and stand on one leg, then I know I'm going to get healed. If a red bird lands on my windowsill, flaps its right wing three times, and then flies around the house, lands on the other windowsill, flaps its left wing three times, then I know I'm going to be delivered. 
Do you listen to Christians talk? You don't need a word from God. He's already spoken. You don't need his permission to get what he's already qualified you for. Did you hear that? You don't need his permission to get what he's already qualified you for. Hey, when the bank qualifies you for $200,000, you don't call them every time you walk in a $200,000 house and say, hey, I just want to make sure I can buy this house. He said, I qualified you three months ago. Go buy something, dummy. I don't know if Jesus says dummy. He probably don't. Your realtor might. Small faith. That's all it takes. You don't need a special word. You don't, need, you, don't need, you don't need anything but small faith that says God is who he says he is. And I believe it. And if I believe that he is who he says he is, I can receive everything that he has for me. And the good news is, is you already got the faith. God's given it to you. You're already qualified. You're pre-qualified for everything God has for you. And it's called small faith. Faith gives you access to all that he has. I want you to just do this with me today. Let's just bow our heads. I want to do three things this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. The Bible says he sent his word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And it is his word that heals us and it is his word that delivers us and it is his word that redeems us. Jesus is the word. He's the living word. He's already paid the price. He's already sacrificed his life. He's already triumphantly rose again. There's nothing left for him to do because it's already all been done. Small faith. You have it. You're qualified. So if you're here today and you need healing in your body, this is what I want to ask you to do. You're here today and you need healing in your body. If you want to receive by faith your healing, I want you just to stand up right now. If you need healing in your body right now and you want to receive by faith your healing, just stand right now. Just stand and receive it. Don't look at me. Just begin to thank God right now. As you stand, just begin to thank Him for your healing right now. Lord, I receive it. I thank you. Father, I thank you that by faith today I receive. I receive the finished work of Jesus Christ in my life. I thank you that your stripes has made me whole. That you purchased my redemption and my salvation. God, that it is your will that I be healed and that I be well. That I may prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. Lord, I thank you today that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment I will condemn. Because I am the servant of the Lord and my righteousness comes from you. Lord, I thank you the same faith that I exercise to be saved is the same faith that I exercise right now. Not faith in my faith, not faith in myself, but God, faith in the healer. Lord, we've heard and we believe that you heal and that you deliver. Right now, as you just remain standing, I just want you to receive that healing and just praise him right now for healing your body. Second thing I want to do is these continue to stand. Maybe you're here today and, and maybe you realize there's a stronghold in your life. Let me define that. A stronghold simply defined this morning, I want to give it to you, is like this. A stronghold is anything in your life that you keep battling with over and over again. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's worry, anxiety. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's suicidal thoughts. 
Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. But there's a stronghold in your life. And you just keep battling and keep battling. You can't seem to get victory. You can't seem to get victory. You can't seem to get victory. If you believe today that God is your deliverer, and the same one that saved you from a devil's hell is the same one that can deliver you from every stronghold of the enemy, I want you to stand right now. Just stand up right now and receive your deliverance. Just stand up right now and receive your deliverance. Just stand up right now and receive your deliverance. God, we receive our deliverance today. We thank you that the greater one lives in us. We thank you, Lord, that we are the head, not the tail. We're the top, not the bottom. We're the first and not the last. We're above only and never beneath, God. I thank you today that we are strong in the Lord, God. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And Lord, that you're quickening our mortal bodies. God, that we would consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Lord, that we've been liberated and we've been freed from the power of sin and slavery. Lord, we're no longer slaves. We are sons and whom the Son sets free is free indeed today God we receive today our deliverance in the name of Jesus we receive our deliverance in the name of Jesus I want everybody to stand and just remain standing right now just just stay in that posture Lord of faith right now Lord we thank you God we just receive our healing we receive our deliverance the last thing I want to do this morning is maybe you're here today and you realize that today you've never received the gift of life that comes through faith in Jesus you realize you've never really been born again. Maybe you're a good person. Maybe you're even a religious person. But you know that your heart has never been changed. You've never truly accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And today you want to receive the gift of eternal life. And you want to accept Him as your Lord and your Savior today. If that's you and you want to receive eternal life and saving grace through Jesus Christ, I want you just to stand right now. Just stand up right now. I want to receive the saving grace of Jesus. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. If you're watching online, there's a link there you can click that says, hey, I want, to, I want to connect. I want to find out. I want to accept Christ. We want to follow up with you. We want to pray with you. If you're here today and you've never done that, and if you're watching online and you've never done that, right now is your day. By faith you receive. Pastor Keith, I, I don't know. I've been a bad person. I've made a lot of mistakes. Can God really save me? I want to tell you something. God's already given you a measure of faith. And you've got all you need today to receive everything that he has. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare your blessing over every person here today. God, I thank you that according to our faith, we've been healed, we've been delivered, and we've been set free. God, I thank you that we're qualified today. Lord, I renounce every lie of the enemy that would say we need more faith. God, it just takes small faith, and we've got it today because you've given it to us. And God, we boast in the grace of God. We boast in the goodness of God. Father, we declare today, Lord, that we are healed and we are delivered and we are saved and we are set free because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And by faith, we receive your work. We speak to every mountain today, the mountain of infirmity. Father, we speak to that mountain, the mountain of cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. Sleepless nights. God, we speak to insomnia and narcolepsy. God, we speak to every disease and every infirmity. And we command it to be removed out of our body in the name of Jesus. God, we speak to every stronghold today of fear and worry and depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. We speak to every stronghold of perversion and pornography and adultery and fornication. Father, we speak, Father, to the spirit of pride and jealousy and envy and covetousness. 
God, we speak to every form of addiction. Father, drugs and alcohol. And we command it to be broken now in the name of Jesus. And we receive today by small faith everything that you have for us. And immediately, and immediately we were made whole. And immediately, and immediately the bleeding stopped. And immediately she was healed. And immediately the stronghold was broken. And immediately the addiction was gone. And immediately, and immediately the body, the back, the neck, the pain was removed. And we feel in our bodies, God, right now, the power of your Spirit making us whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.